Hey, you guys, welcome back. Um, this is Crystal. This is Ethan. This is Jessica. And this is another episode of What's, What's in the Name? name? <gasps> that was oh actually worse than last week. No, I feel like we were in succinct. Yeah, I feel like really? one more episode and we got to shut this sucker down. <laughs> right before we started getting paid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I was going to quit my job, too. <laughs> I was hoping on it. <laughs> So, you guys, the intro question this week, since um, Jessica's fan base loves these questions, (laughs) Um, what's something about uh, where you grew up that's special? Do I get to go first? Of course. (laughs) Okay. I like that. Hmm, Okay. Um, So, I would say, okay, I'm going to cheat again. I'm so sorry. One is, is that I originally was born and grew up a little bit in Preston, Idaho, which is where they filmed Napoleon Dynamite. And I was part of the Happy Hands Club uh, that was from that movie. So that's something fun. But can we, could you be seen in that scene? Like, if no, I no, went no. Back and... I wasn't in the movie, but like the Happy Hands Club that Napoleon's a part of, where like they go to after school and they learn sign language and stuff like that. I would go every day after school, I'd go to the Happy Hands Club. Oh, that was a real club. Yeah, it was a real club. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but the second thing is, this is so lame and speaks to like how small our town was, but I grew up in a city called Yukon in Idaho. And um, the most famous landmark of Yukon is it has this massive pit in the middle of the city. And so the pit is like centered around all things recreational. So if you just be like, oh, hey, we're headed to the pit. Um, you can go sledding there in the winter. It is a hot spot. You can go four-wheeling there. You can do so much stuff at the pit. Like, a guy asked me to the dance at the pit. Um, it's just, like, a very famous place, at least for people in Yukon. <laughs> um, and so, like, just for this New Year's Eve, we had this, like, massive bonfire at the pit with fireworks and sleddings. And it's just, um, like, an ultimate gathering place for the people of Yukon. So Is it, like, a nice venue, or is it, like, literally a pit? No, no, no. It's literally just a gravel pit. They had oh. to build it. They, <laughs> like, when <laughs> Yukon got too big, they built an overpass on the highway. Um, and so they had to dig out the ground for the gravel to build the overpass. And so it's literally just, like, a hole in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I literally feel like that is an episode of Parks and Rec. I, I think there's actually, like, a pit in Parks and Rec that-, that Andy lives in for a while. No, literally, yeah. And it's, like, the center and the entire reason why Parks and Rec was created. It's exactly <laughs> spot on. So is that And is that the pit that we went ATVing in? Yes, exactly. So oh. Okay, yeah, that got- literally was just, like, a hole in the ground of dirt yeah you know what i'm not gonna stand for any disrespect of the pit yeah my bad so, <laughs> until you know of it's true greatness that um then you can come talk to me then <laughs> okay so a fun fact about my hometown and i don't want anyone to fact check me on this but we have the number one the world's number one 7-eleven um it was like you would walk in the front doors and there was literally a trophy that was like on the counter and it went all the way up to the ceiling and it said number one 7-eleven in the entire world so that is our claim to fame i remember i came to visit you guys and that was one of the selling points of, of kennewick no it wasn't it wasn't one of the selling points it was the selling point also don't don't name drop my city on this podcast i don't want people stalking me listen okay so i guess one thing that's unique um about where i grew up this is no longer the case because people are moving in. 
But at one point, there were more cows than people. <laughs> oh, wow. In Florida? Yeah, in Dade City. Not to be confused with Dade County in Miami. Very, very different places. Interesting. But, That's fun. Yeah, was it, though? Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. So let's get in it. So today we're going to talk about stereotype threat. Have you guys heard about that? I didn't before we did this podcast. Um, yes, I have, because I'm the one who wrote that on our list of things we should talk about. Um, <laughs> but tell the people more. Tell the people at home what it is, because I'm don't. i not that familiar. You need to calm down. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> stereotype threat was first coined in 1995 by Claude Steele and Joshua, Joshua Arison. Uh, stereotype threat is when someone experiences anxiety because they're worried about proving a negative stereotype true. Uh, and they have like a fear of like fulfilling this prophecy about this group that they belong to. Um, have you guys ever experienced something like that? Um, okay. Well, I think so, but correct me if I'm wrong. So for example, um, for those listeners that haven't met me in person, <laughs> uh, I have red hair, like flaming red hair I feel like <laughs> um and as we know redheads always have this stereotype of having a temper right so I'm not sure that like I tried to ever live up to that stereotype but I o- was always cognizant that that was a stereotype that like people would put on me so like if I was upset about something don't get me wrong I didn't have that much control for emotions I would still like let it be known but my head I would be like chill out chill out chill out like you don't want them to think that like all redheads have a temper or you're just fulfilling that stereotype um so something like that is that kind of in line with what we're talking about yeah exactly that that would be spot on (laughs) i thought jessica when you were talking about how you have flaming red hair i I just thought immediately of uh the summer miser from what is it the rudolph movie that has like hair standing on end that's what i was thinking of i was like that's what everyone now who's never met you is gonna imagine it's just you (laughs) like (laughs) the female version of the summer miser accurate um (laughs) so from for me like i guess my first introduction to the stereotype threat because prior to Ethan adding this to this list, I had experienced it, but didn't know the name. Um, So actually when I was in the police academy, um, one of my teachers, she was very hard on me. And um, she told me, I'm harder on you because you are a female. And not only are you a female in this industry that is mostly male, but you're black. And so I expect more of you and um, you can't just be as good as everyone else. You have to be better. And so I just remember like constantly feeling like I needed to prove myself because I'm a woman. I need to prove myself because I'm black. Um, like I can't, there's no room for error because it's going to be because of one of those reasons is why I'm making a mistake and I don't belong. Yeah. I saw as well that there has been a lot of studies uh, that show how stereotype threat is present and more than just like social interactions as well. Like I think I read one that when women or people of color had to answer questions about their gender or their race when they were uh, performing a test, that they actually uh, had lower performance scores than their counterparts who didn't have to self-identify or who didn't have those identities in the first place. So, and I think it can be a real problem, especially in schools and tests, right? Especially when those tests are then used to determine a student's future. Yeah, interesting, for sure. Um, Crystal, 
in like the research that you were doing for the podcast, did you find any ways that uh, we can reduce stereotype threat? Yeah, so a bunch of different ways. But um, one that really stood out to me is um, promoting growth mindset. And so what that means is thinking of intelligence like something that can grow. You're not limited to the knowledge that you currently have. So if there's something that you don't know or you might fit a stereotype um, as far as intelligence goes, you can learn new things. You can grow. Ah, shout out to uh, my, the book Mindset by Carol Dweck because that's all about the growth mindset. So if anyone is more interested in that, that's a great uh, resource to look to. Yeah, life um, changer. I think as well for me, uh, it's always helpful to understand why something happens in order to stop that happening. So if we can understand why stereotype threat affects our performance, and if we understand how it works, then we can understand how to stop it. And from what I had been reading, stereotype threat affects performance in three main ways, right? So the first is it increases our stress, which reduces our ability to perform because we have so much stress that we're dealing with. Uh, the second way is that it makes us hyper-focus on our performance, which essentially just makes us overthink everything that we do. And then the third way that stereotype threat shows up is that we have to use mental and emotional energy to stop these negative thoughts that we have coming into our mind. And so all three of those things take our focus away from actually performing the task. And so our performance becomes worse than it would be otherwise. Yeah, that makes total sense. So something I was thinking about when you were sharing that is what's currently going on in the Olympics. Um, so last week, uh, one of the big headlines was about the Russian skater, Kamila Valiva. So already right now in the Olympics, it's okay if you don't know this, I just follow the um, Olympics intently. <laughs> but um, right now, Russia is not allowed to complete compete under their flag or their national anthem, or even the name of Russia, they have to call themselves the, I think it's the Russian Olympic Confederation or something like that. Um, because they kept getting in trouble for doping cases. So the skater Camila Valiva, in a long story short, tested positive for a doping substance after she had already competed in her first event. So it was really controversial because um, some people feel like because she was only 15, she should be kind of just given a warning where other people were like, no, this like taints the skating community for forever. We have to address it. And there was so much pressure from all over the world. Like, I don't know if, I guess you guys run in the same news headlines that I run, but uh, it's been dominating all of my feeds. And she just started getting all this pressure. People started putting these stereotypes on her that she was just another um, person that was doping from Russia. And in her last race, she was very, very much favored to take gold. Like, it would have taken some major screw-ups for her not to take gold. And she fell four times in her last performance from all this pressure, which is something that she has never done before. And like you were mentioning, Ethan, I think it just really affected her performance ability because she was really trying not to live up to the stereotype of just another Russian athlete that was using, you know, doping in order to have an advantage in the games. So, yeah, that's really interesting. I don't follow the Olympics at all. I think I haven't even watched one single minute. Um, so I didn't know about that at all, but I think it's a really relevant uh, example of stereotype threat, right? And she was probably had a lot of pressure just internally fighting this stereotype. And so that affected her ability to perform. Yeah, um, for sure. So I'm wondering, Crystal, too, so you talked about growth mindset being a way that we can stop the stereotype threat. And I'm wondering if there's anything else that you saw that can help stop it. Yeah, so there's uh, a lot of different things. 
Uh, so representation is really important. So if someone is able to see themselves um, succeed, they're less likely to fall into a, a stereotype. So it's like a big thing, I feel like, nowadays where representation matters. Um, and so seeing yourself in whatever situation, knowing that you can also achieve that. Um, and just teaching people about stereotype threats to help reduce it, can re help reduce it as well. That way, when we're experiencing anxiety from it, we can name it. Sort of oh like this whole point of the podcast, you guys. Wow, <laughs> so insightful. <laughs> Another one that I saw just in researching uh, some more information about it, because I knew we were going to be talking about this podcast, was simply just kind of reminding people of similarities that we have uh, as just a human family and really sell the idea that as human beings, we're much more alike than we are unalike and kind of just helping to remove some of those stereotypes that create these large differences between us when in reality, we're all kind of just humans. Um, if you guys want a super great recommendation, Maya Angelou has a, um, a poem that she titled The Human Family. That's totally worth uh, looking into that talks a little bit more about that. But I think that's one of the main ways that we can also help to combat stereotype threat. Awesome. So now that we've talked a bit about stereotype threats and how it can affect us on a day to day, I want to know what are your takeaways? Yeah, um, for me, I feel like I just want to accentuate people's similarities, like I was mentioning, rather than how different we all are from each other. So essentially just remembering common humanity, if you will. Um, and as human beings, I think as we talked about, we are much more alike than we are different. And so remembering that rather than trying to point out all the ways that maybe different cultures and subcultures are different than us as human beings. Yeah, for me, um, I feel like I'm a very anxious person just naturally. And so one thing I've learned throughout my life is just like examining the source of that anxiety to kind of help it, you know, name it to tame it like we talked about in our first episode. So for me, I just want to evaluate the source of my anxieties and evaluate whether or not it's coming from the stereotype threat. And then if it is, I want to be more intentional in how I handle that specific stereotype threat or that specific anxiety. For me, I think it's knowing that there's no difference in uh, standing out. A lot of times people don't want to stand out or be noticed, um, but standing out and being outstanding is the same thing to me. So um, I can stand out and I'm also outstanding when I stand out. But, <laughs> but that <laughs> that's <sure>. just me <laughs> and my growth mindset. <laughs> <laughs> Let's sell that merch. Let's start a merch store and put it on there. Definitely. So Ethan, do you want to introduce our next episode? Yeah. So on our next episode, we're going to be talking about the Dunning-Kruger effect. And this is actually something we briefly talked about in our very first episode. But the Dunning-Kruger effect is that people with a small amount of ability tend to greatly overestimate that very same ability. So I'm excited to talk about this because I feel like we all know someone who is suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode and we'll see you next week. Bye. See ya.